And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsi, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 96 of Panelology. I'm Alex. And I'm Jenna. How's it going? That was so finite. Yeah. It's going. Yeah. Brian had work stuff come up at the last minute. Yeah. So we are just the two of us. Just the two of us. Hey, I made that reference when uh, Brian and I did <gasps> nice. the show together. Yeah. Glad we've got some thematic consistency. That's right. It's like It's like we know each other. Shocking. <laughs> Speaking of thematic consistency, we also just had our new theme play, didn't we, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you like it. Yeah. We would like to hear from you. Yeah. Unless you didn't like it, in which case, at M.A. Haynes. <laughs> but still let us know. I mean, we, we want it to be real good. Yeah. And uh, we like it. Yes. And if you support our Patreon, you can have it. <laughs> there. We'll yeah. Take, we'll get rid of that right up front. Yeah. Uh, We're giving it away. Not for free, though. No. But you could buy that for a dollar. That's right. Okay. Well, uh, we've got coming up in the second half, Neil Holman of Redline. Indeed. And Archer. And yeah. C-Lab 2021. First Dingo. Exticles. All that other stuff. Yes. So stick around for that, and we'll have Mike joining us for the interview portion. Yeah. He did, he did really good filling in the, the gaps of what we normally do. Yes. It was nice. He knows how to fill an awkward silence. That's right, with even more awkwardness. This is true. <laughs> this is true. See, I'm not the only one with that superpower. <laughs> no, right. you make it worse. True. <laughs> true. It's kind of like how now the Infinity Stones, one charges the next in the, mm -hmm. in the loop rather mm -hmm. than each being its own thing. Mike says a thing and I make it worse. If you master Mike, then... You unlock the power of Alex. Okay. There's a diagram in Infinity Countdown Prime. Huh. Yeah. Huh. All right. Yeah. We're gonna have to. We're gonna figure that out for us. Yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't think that one through very hard, so it probably <laughs> falls apart pretty quickly. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> but who knows? I'm sure I can find a way to make it weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, hey, speaking of Infinity Countdown Prime, see what I did? Oh my God. This was fun. It really, you know, it really was. It really was. I did not hate this, and I, I normally loved this. don't dig the. Hey, this is what's coming up next. I feel like though this is a legitimate cause for that because you have a plot that, and originally all of Infinity Countdown was going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy thing, and it just got so big. Right. But you have a plot that started in Guardians, but really only about half of the information in this came out. In Guardians, mm -hmm. um, we had well, if that we had three yeah, stones accounted less, for. Yeah. yeah, we had three stones accounted for before this issue. We had uh, spoilers for Marvel Legacy, I guess. Wolverine turn up with one. Yeah, uh, one of them had turned up in Captain Marvel, 
and we'd seen one in Guardians. This tells us where the other three are, mm-hmm. and starts to kind of show how everything is moving together to become Infinity Countdown. So yeah. it's, it's, I think it was definitely more necessary than a lot of these are. Yeah, I'd agree. And it like outside of this book, I've only seen Wolverine... And there's like one page post credit. Yeah, and like little glimpses here yeah. and there in, in various books. Oh, that's the only place it's been. Right. Yeah. And so it was really cool to see how he's going to start interacting in this world. And also, he even said the word BAMF. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's because he can BAMF now, and BAMFing's fun. That's right. Bow ties are cool, and BAMFing is fun. That's right. I loved the. My favorite part of this was the Wolverine Loki scene. Yes. Just all of that was. Although. I guess, minor spoiler alert, if you have a thing about eyeballs, if you have an eye thing where you can't see eye stuff happening, where you don't, you feel very uncomfortable when things happen to an eyeball, uh, things happen to an eyeball. But. And I almost vomited. But. It was completely earned and makes perfect thematic sense here. Because. It's true. Loki is an Asgardian god who has special knowledge of the inner workings of the universe. And what in Asgardian mythology did Odin trade to get knowledge of the special knowledge of the inner workings of the universe? Gasp. Do we know? His eye. Like, <laughs> yes, I, yeah, yeah, I was being dramatic. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was excitable. This is what happens when Brian's not here. I think Brian's the mellow one. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, false. Incorrect statement. This yeah. is maybe what happens when we record interview and then fill up on chips and salsa and then record more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. I, I blame Tasty Tasty Salsa. Mm. Yeah. This episode brought to you by Willie Salsa, we wish. A lot of willies in this episode. <laughs> a lot of willies. Oh, boy. Stay it's, tuned. Y'all, it's going to get real weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just messaged my brother and told him we had the art director from Archer on. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Zach, just skip to the interview. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. He won't actually listen. Zach, I'm going to talk about dicks a lot. How about that? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. No. Uh, so we also, we also see someone we have not seen in a little while in the Marvel Universe. Magus is around. Yeah. Yeah, that threw me for a loop. I was like, whoa, when the fuck was the last time he was here? Everybody's favorite Chrono Trigger villain. Sure. Yeah. Magus was a, was one of the bad guys on that, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while since I played Chrono Trigger. Oops. Um, yeah. At Emma Hanspeed. <laughs> just, just tweet it, Alex. Just do it. It'll be funny. Yeah, that, that whole thing was really good. It was very fun to watch. We're dancing around spoilers here. Uh, um, yeah, we should just really go into spoilers for this. So shit yeah, happens and people collect stones. How about that? Yeah, everybody gets stoned. Um, <laughs> spoilers. Magus does not get to keep the soul stone. Fuck no, he don't. That was great. You want ants? This is how you get ants. <laughs> Ant-Men. Or Ultrons inhabiting the body of Ant-Man. Yes. The, well, I don't know. Kind no? of merged. Yeah. Teleporter it's, it's accident. A, it's a pretty interesting mix. It, they, yeah. they the flight it. Yeah. Hank Pym Ultron is back. Yeah. Has the soul stone and you see him, you see Hank join old lady Gamora oh inside the gosh. soul gym and I'm so... I cannot wait to have more of this, like, 
wizened old lady Gamora, which, I mean, she's already, like, pretty wizened as it yeah. is. But this woman who's like, no, you're stuck here forever. Get used to it. Yeah. And then a C-list daredevil villain <laughs> has a stone. It's like, what? <laughs> Why? But I don't hate it. No, I don't. Like, I think it's... I I like it, in fact, because it feels kind of arbitrary when, oh, the big names always get the cool toys. Right, like, it exactly. Would there are six of these things. Somebody stumbled upon this shit. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh, even like it if, like, a total nobody, non-villain, non-hero person had found it. Yeah. And been like, oh, cool, I'm going to keep this forever. Why do you think Howard the Duck has never found an Infinity Stone? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I would, I would read that. Yeah. Yeah. Hell Yeah. But I really like Howard the Duck, so there's that. There's that, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm so... Like, we don't still know exactly what's going to happen in Infinity Countdown. We know these are all coming together and Loki's trying to stop it. And Yeah. Wolverine believes him, but it's still not going to give him that stone. So I'm assuming that this is carrying on from the shit that he did, that he just did in Doctor Strange? I think it's all connected. So... Yeah. I've, in my head, been trying to piece together maybe what Loki's arc is. Going back to pre-Secret Wars, yeah, his Agent of Asgard series ended with him ostensibly a hero. Like, mm-hmm. he consistently worked for the side of goods and defeated his evil future self. Mm-hmm. And much like in Silver Surfer at the same time, he is left outside of the universe. Right. As everything's destroyed. Like, he's one of two, maybe three people who continues to exist on from the old universe outside of battle world even mm-hmm. like we've got a handful of people who remember battle world and remember what was before but only two or three really remember their time outside of existence during that right and he has one which explains that that comment he has about the rules of the universe being different he'd have firsthand knowledge of that yeah i read Jason Aaron's Thor and trade, so I don't know if he's shown up in Thor much at all or not. The only places I've really seen him much are the legacy issue, in which we get kind of the tease of what's going on here. Right. And Doctor Strange, where he name drops Damnation and some other stuff that's going on and is ostensibly trying to get Steven in fighting shape. Mm-hmm. And then this. So those, as far as I know, and there may well be more, but as far as I know, that's like it for him for the last two years. Yeah. Interesting. This is going to be an interesting ride. It is. Figuring out what the fuck his deal is. I mean, a little bit of mischief, but I think chaotic good instead of chaotic evil is where he lives it's now. nice. Like, I actually do believe he is still trying to be the hero. I do too. I really do too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he just kind of slipped back into his old self after... After Stephen Strange was like, come on, <laughs> come on, son. Well, part of the whole Ewing thing is stories have power by telling the story he changes reality. So to some degree, he's got to put up, the, like, the lie is the story. They're the same thing. He's got right. to tell Stephen the story of, oh, no, I'm this now or else. Right. Yeah. So like, that that chaotic element, that lying element's always going to be there. But... Yeah. Okay, how about, speaking of Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange Damnation, <gasps> or Doctor Strange Tarnation? It's so great. Prefer. I'm so happy that they actually like put this out as a variant for everyone and not just for the little shop in Texas. 
I mean, I'm assuming it's a little shop, but it could be a big shop. I don't know. Da-doop. <laughs> um, Shoop da So we get, you know, this straight off of the last arc of Doctor Strange, this Stephen Strange trying to fix all the bad shit that happened in Vegas during Secret Empire. Yes. Which I don't know why they're just now trying to fix, because it seems like a fair amount of time has been passing. Yeah, the timeline's I don't funny to me on yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, I guess the reality is all of all of the arc so so far, the previous arc, the Loki Sorcerer Supreme could have played out pretty quickly. I mean, I guess it could have, but he did like travel a bunch. Yeah. And without a lot of magic That's true. at first, that takes a while still <laughs> is the problem there. Yeah. I don't know. It's sometimes best just not to worry too much about right. timelines fitting together. All right. So basically, <laughs> basically, Vegas has been a mess since shit blew up yes. in Secret Empire. Um, and Steven is trying to fix... He's trying to be the hero that he thinks that everyone should try to be. Yeah. You know, instead of instead of coming in and wrecking shit and saying, well, at least we saved this many lives. Let's save them all. Let's bring them yeah. all back. Let's... let's um, let's really be heroes instead of calling ourselves heroes. Well, he's being really cocky because oh, he, yeah. he became a god. <laughs> he beat another god. And now he's got magic back and is trying to prove I mean, his worth. Because he, he only beat another god after that other god gave him back magic. Well, yeah, but still, <laughs> you know, the male ego is a simple-minded thing. <laughs> I think all ego is. Well, yeah. yeah, but I'm sure there are statistics <laughs> on red convertible sales that... I don't know. I owned a red convertible, so hmm. let's see. Let's see that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> before we start singing Beach Boys, I am a little bit of a dude, so he's he's I think being cocky for sure. And yeah. oh yeah, I think he knows better exactly as he does it. And it's kind of <laughs> what we talked about though. Like, there's no way Stephen would come out of the Loki arc undamaged. There's no way he'd yeah. come out of that like purely good no. to the extent that he ever has been but. yeah i mean especially with everything going on with zelma yeah <laughs> he's on the rebound is what he is yeah and that, i think that's in spoilers i guess can we go into spoilers on this yeah. one now um I, I guess that's why he takes the bet yeah because <laughs> he's deep in that loathing the house always wins man. i know they even say it uh, i'd say just ask peter parker what it's like making Deals with Mephisto, but... But he you, wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't. He would be like, something feels familiar here. But not too familiar. <laughs> but not too not familiar. Yeah. It's a brand new day. <laughs> <laughs> it worked too well. Yeah. It's almost like I've been planning it for 96 episodes. <laughs> nice. I haven't. Um, I wish I had. I wish I were that scheming and clever. So, so I, does Stephen Strange. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Mephisto shows up, by the way. Mephisto? I have never mind. <laughs> no. No, sir. We're not doing that one for that. Um, and brings a casino, a new casino into Vegas and is trapping souls. Yep. And Steven's trying to make a bet with him that heroes heroes can be selfless people. <laughs> and then and then maybe Mephisto will give up all those souls and go back to hell or go back to whatever. Stephen hadn't been reading a lot of comics. He hadn't been reading a lot of comics, but Mephisto has, apparently. 
Heroes can be selfless. Not me, mind you. <laughs> Definitely not me. But my friends are good people. And then it immediately cuts to his friends bitching and arguing at each other. It's like, Steven, stop. Yeah. No. You know what my favorite part of this <laughs> issue is, though? The ribbing of Carol Danvers? Because that's my favorite. I don't know. Why don't we put a big fucking dome around it? <laughs> Wait, are you saying that Carol Danvers was ribbed for your pleasure? <laughs> I am. With a I, big dome? I am saying I was going to say Wong's <laughs> Jeopardy fixation. That is great, too. Yeah. 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 Who is Mole Man? Paul Giamatti, in my mind. Yeah. Not Rhino. I mean, I didn't hate that, but... I didn't either. He, he did a good job, but he would be an amazing Mole Man. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Welcome to part two of the Giamatti cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Now I'm starting it. Let's do this. <laughs> Who wants to hear about Paul Giamatti all the time? Wait, I don't already? Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Who else wants to? Not just you. Oh, okay. That, I mean, there's an entire wall in here that's just Paul Giamatti headshots. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> that and... would be very weird. <laughs> and also, something I would probably do. <laughs> like, almost all Paul Giamatti, but one, uh, uh, oh, damn it, what's his name? He was a firefighter, then became an actor. Steve Buscemi. Thank you. Yeah. One Buscemi. One Buscemi. One Buscemi, for good measure. A wall of Giamatti and a Buscemi. Yep. <laughs> Somebody's fetish. Uh... <laughs> Someone out there has the weirdest boner. Oh, not so weird. It's fine. Yeah. I'll get you. Uh, yeah. So Wong, This was good book. Good book. Good book. Wong. Good Wong and Bats interaction. Yes. That's his name, Bats. I blanked the moment I said it. His name is Bats. His name is Bats. Good Bat dog. He's a good dog. He is a good, good dog. A, and he knocks before he comes in. It's the best. Well, he scratches, but still. Yeah. He did interrupt Jeopardy, though. He did. He did if do that thing. If you're going to show up and announce, do it during Wheel. Yeah. Nobody gets upset if they miss Wheel of Fortune. No. Speaking of fortune, which favors the bold... Deathbed number one. Man, that was like a real stretch, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I threw something out doing it. <laughs> Guess who didn't throw something out? Um, so this is the part where I'm just going to talk about dicks for like ten minutes. Get the ready. First, the first time. The first time. We've got more coming. Oh, yeah. There. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, there. there's more. Um, this book. Tell me about this book, Alex, because you're the one who made me read it. I am the one who made you read it. So... Uh, this is a new uh, creator-owned book through Vertigo by Josh Williamson, with art by Riley Rosmo and colors by Evan Placencia. And I always really dig Williamson's creator-owned stuff. I think this is the best number one he has ever written for creator-owned book. I would agree. Um, it supplants. I actually thought Ghosted number one was my, Ghosted number one would have been my favorite of his number ones before, yeah. but this this takes that. So the pitch for this, and I'm going to talk about the pitch and then like light spoilers because maybe that's not the whole picture of what's going on and maybe there are more salient details. Mm -hmm. um, a woman is contacted with a request to come write this crazy old adventurer's life story from his deathbed. And this guy is basically... Uh, uh, the world's most interesting man. Think mm -hmm. that kind of type. Um, if like he like were... the original Dos Equis man, not the new Dos Equis man. There's a new Dos Equis man. Yeah, you haven't seen him? 
No. Yeah. He's younger, like maybe 30s. The world's second most interesting man. Maybe. Yeah, he's not. He's not very interesting at all. Uh, well, the world's <laughs> the world's most moderately distracting person. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, anyway, if the world's most interesting man fought monsters and demons and vampires and that yeah. kind of stuff, and you know he probably did. Probably. Yeah. But we don't know about it. We know he survived as a red shirt on Star Trek. It's true. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. It's it's weird. There's some really cool composition stuff in the art where you see some monsters like slowly encroaching in the shadows, sort of framing, almost like, almost like a mystery science theater style, like framing the mm-hmm. panels coming in. Uh, the art in this book is very very good. It's it is, not just the writing. It's incredibly good. Um, everything about this book I love. Uh, and minor spoilers here, like, it's going to spoil the first issue for you. I didn't tell Jin this when I convinced her to read it, so it's that kind of thing where if you can keep the reveal, keep it. But if you're looking for more information, listen on. The fact that he is dying is a ruse to uh, lure out his enemies, and the journalist who is following him is here to document him taking everyone down. Yeah. Yeah. Also, according to Jen, he has the most perfect balls of any old man ever. Look, I'm not saying that... Well, okay, yeah, I am. Never mind. I am saying they're perfect. Um, this old man, his little balls are just, like, not little, but, like, nice and round. It's so weird. It's an interesting... It's an interesting detail to have in this book, I think. Neither too wrinkly nor too saggy. That's right. Said, yeah. That's right. They're pretty close crop to his body. If I need to describe these balls any further, oh, well, I'm not going to. So, just know that I was like, wow, those are the most perfect balls I've ever seen on an old man. The platonic ideal of old man balls. That's right. Old man gold balls coming soon from <laughs> the comics. Uh, old man gold balls. Yes. I, I would read it. I would too. <laughs> Anyway, Deathbed, very good. Go read much. It is a a very, very good book. Miniseries, five or six issues. I think it's six. I think so. uh, From Vertigo. So check it out. It is a lot of fun. Hey, Jen. Yeah. Vampirella. Ella, 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 A, A, A. (laughs) Ellie, Ellie, Ellie. Um, Ellie, Ellie, Ellie. Get your adverbs here. If you haven't been reading it, this is not a good place to pick it up. No, uh, this is the second to last issue. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Uh, I actually saw Jeremy tweeting, don't get pissed. There's more to come, peeps. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I wound up retweeting that from the Panelology account. Oh, good. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, in this one, you see Ellie Vampirella um, dealing with some shit from her past. Yeah. Panther's she some, here. She got some Panther baggage. Which is really awesome. And then she has to fight in the arena. She and uh she and, and Vicky both. Vicky both do. Yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of really, really, really good Oh shit, this girl does love me. Like relationshipy moments mm-hmm. between well, really just internally with, with Vampirella. Yeah. Um and it, it it's really awesome. Again, I've I've seen Romantic Vampirella. It has never been great, but yeah. this is really good. This is really damn good. I would say that this is great. Even. It is. I, I am really looking forward to the last issue because, and we've talked about this before uh, on the show, I think. I can see these seeds, these threads that 
Whitley is pretty clearly setting up where I think we're going to get a big turn near the beginning of the next issue. Mm -hmm. That kind of flips upside down the whole hero romantic interest thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, this issue kind of moves more in that direction as well. Yeah. Um, And I'm really looking forward to seeing how he upends that and turns that on its head. Indeed. Are we going to go spoilers on this one? We can go spoilers. We can go spoilers on anything. Right. We don't have to, but... Do you want to? Sure. Spoilers. 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 This is a pretty big one. Yes, it's a very big one. Um, Pantha tells the entire arena that the first person to either stab Vampirella in the heart or bring her Vampirella's head... Gets a guaranteed spot in the former False Heaven. And that bitch Vicky straight up stabs her in the heart. Which I think is Vicky's way of saving herself and Ellie. I mean, except that Vampirella is not going to die and she's still going to be stuck there. I think it's a careful ploy. I don't. I think it is a carefully contrived ploy that we simply don't have the inside on. Because Vicky also is rendered mute early in this issue and can't explain her plans. Her voice I, is taken away and then she saves the day as the romantic I interest. would love to believe that. But I think it is going to rip your heart out more if Vicky is a bitch I don't all think of a sudden. A, I don't think it's a rip your heart out moment. I hope not. I think the end of this issue is meant to feel that way. Oh yeah, it does too. In a very literal <laughs> sense. Yeah. She, she cleaved my heart in two. Literally. I was like, yeah. But I don't think the overall arc of this is going to be that grim. I hope not. I hope not. It's really good, though. I mean, even if it is, I'm I'm along for the ride. Yeah. I wish there were more than one issue left. Fuck yeah. Dynamite. Do more Vampirella. Get Whitley to do more Vampirella. It's very good. Dynamite. Give us sex loafers. (laughs) Oh. Still, still my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Ice Cream Man. Yeah. 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 Um, we said last time that we talked about this book, it's an anthology. Yeah. So this is very different than the first if- issue. Yeah. And you, I forget, you had not gotten to read the first one when we talked about the first one yet, had Correct. You? Okay. I read it after, I think. I think. Because you were in a town when it came out. You were yeah. in Texas when I dropped you. Yeah, that's right. Um... So this one is difficult to read if you don't understand the person, the character in this one, I feel. Now, when you say difficult to read, can you elaborate on that? The writing, the, the writing by the writer is wonderful and beautiful and amazing. But the character's note that is being written here is all stream of consciousness, no punctuation, all lowercase. You have to... I feel like you have to know someone who writes like this Mm -hmm. in order to be able to consciously figure out where the sentence is going. The sentence structure is weird, too. Um, But I know... I mean, growing up in small-town rural Georgia where this is a a big problem, it's it's about a couple of heroin addicts, by the way. Yeah. This issue is um, growing up in rural North Georgia, where this is a huge problem, um, and where honestly illiteracy is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. I feel like we, maybe more me, but possibly I mean, you I too. definitely have had 
Not necessarily in the same ways as you, but I've definitely had contact. Yeah, I feel like we're we're really well equipped to to decipher shit like this. Yeah. Um, because there, are, I mean, there are people in my immediate family who write like this. Yeah. Um. But this issue hit me really hard, uh, because I did have a friend growing up who, you know, we were we were really close when we were younger. Um, we got older, got into high school, they started experimenting with drugs, got out of high school, and she became basically this person, this, this character in this issue of Ice Cream Man. Um, she got a boyfriend, they were both into doing drugs, and they ended up doing a lot of really shitty stuff, and then she ended up ODing. Um, so this, this issue really hit me. Like, it hit me way more than I expected an issue of a fucking comic book called Ice Cream Man would. <laughs> It was so hard to read this. Like, I, I kept, like, having to put it down and breathe for a second because I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I'm I'm reliving this moment again. You know, I think that's... I think that kind of reaction is going to be what this book trades in, which yeah. I think means not every issue is going to land the same way to every reader. I would I agree. I think there will be issues agree. that... Person A reacts to more strongly than person B, and other issues that person B reacts to more strongly than person A. Yeah. But if you look at, say, the first issue of this, which trades in, uh, at least as far as, as some of the, the, not the main theme of the book, the, the sort of sort of a minor theme to the first issue that's about, you know, it's the job I've got, I'm sort of stuck here, I'm doing this thing, it's the day job, it pays the bills, there's sort of that boring existential okay well this is being in your 20s and early 30s and just sort of taking the job you can get right and compromising in that way that you never expected to like that's the first issue this issue is drug abuse yeah and it's framed as this this not even supernatural in this case like there's nothing supernatural really to this issue beyond just sort of the ice cream man's entire right yeah involvement in it (laughs) like he might not be doing anything supernatural whatsoever there's just the way he appears in this issue is creepy and the knowledge he has is creepy even if it's not necessarily difficult to piece together right what he does is creepy Mm -hmm. um but it's it's like maybe going back to twilight zone it's like some of the best moments of that they're not the oh this is scary oh this is hard horror it's Oh no, this is a problem I have in my life right. that I don't want to confront. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be I think this is going to continue to be a really tough book to read just based on all these real life situations, all these yeah. things that are going to hit you that, you know, maybe you have dealt with or maybe you know people who have dealt with them. I mean, obviously, I I I don't know anybody who has let a spider kill their parents. But no. But <laughs> The flip side of that is that sort of fantasy as a child of, well, if I were the one in charge, here's how I would live my life. I would eat life. waffles and everything every day and never clean my room. Yeah, and yeah. it's a very monkey's paw kind of situation. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I want it to stay that hard, though. I, I do. I do, too. Like, I, do, I like, like this book for As much as it affected me, I mean, I still want more. Yeah. Yeah. So... Go go read this weird, strange book about a creepy ice cream. <laughs> yeah, man. and he was he's uber creepy. Oops. Go away, Siri. <laughs> Just because Jin said uber creepy doesn't mean you we want you listening in. That's right. Oh uh, 
are we? Yeah, we're down to just Aquaman now. Oh snap! Aquaman number thirty-three, the end of the arc. The crown, the crown will fall. The, yeah. And guess what? It does. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun getting caught up in this because I've I've been a couple of issues behind for a while now. Yeah. Um, but I read them all. Like last night, uh, it was it was a weird shift in art for me. Not the last issue, but the issue before it, I guess. Yeah, from, right before the right before the annual, I think. From Shayek to Federici. Yeah. Um, it was a weird shift in art because it makes the book feel different. It does. It's very... Like, there's so much expression in Shayek's art. Mm-hmm. Whereas this feels... This style feels more static, more composed. Not without motion, but more like the way you see scenes in a fantasy like a high fantasy movie or tv show staged than the way something that's tied in on faces and playing to personal relationships and emotions would be yeah i was gonna say like even the camera angles are completely different you see more of what what this artist is trying to tell you as opposed to what shake's trying to tell you yeah Man, I wish we still had Neil Holman on the phone. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would he would dig that. Um Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know if I am enjoying this shift because I think it was just so jarring, but I think it also needed to be in order to get into this this territory where apparently do I need to call spoilers? I don't think so because it was in the last issue, no, the issue before this. No, um, because they're cause... trying to make Mara the new successor to the crown, to, yeah. to the throne. Um, I think it needed to be a more jarring. Um... Well, it becomes something different at, at when that becomes the case. It, right. It becomes more sort of traditional fantasy. It becomes more high, more more wide scale, high concept than. The king pretending to be this guy he's not as a revolutionary just hanging out in the shadows. Right. Um, like it, 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 The story changes drastically. I think part of the reason, too, is this is a point where the narrative is going to split in a way that it hasn't in recent times. And also that I think Aquaman books very rarely get to, like... How often does an Aquaman book spin off a miniseries? <laughs> Not often. But that's where we're heading to now, where this is going to continue to follow Arthur fighting Wrath and actually trying to depose him. Right. Whereas Mara, and this is a spoiler for this issue, but it's also the title of the goddamn book, Mara, Queen of Atlantis, is dealing with having become Queen of Atlantis. Imagine. And doing what she needs to to prepare herself to take on that role. So I think I think some of it has to come from that too, that we're moving into a version of this story that is two different narratives telling two different kinds of stories that are not the same as what came before. Yeah. I did really dig it and I, I did text Jen that there were lots of butts in this issue. <laughs> there were lots of butts in this issue. Like lots. Yeah. I think I think it was specifically a page with dolphin in it when I felt the need to text you and let you know that mm-hmm. you would want to catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was not that was not a bad page. I didn't dislike it at all. Yeah. That girl fine. 
Like like that girl fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh your 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 fondness for dolphin is well documented at this point. I I would think so. And I think entirely justifiable. Uh-huh. Is it still good? I don't know, is it? I mean I mean yeah it is. Yeah. Otherwise it's, we wouldn't talk about time. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh okay. So is it still good? I'm gonna start with Breaking the format on kind of an honorable mention for me, mm-hmm. uh, which is Matahari number one from mm-hmm. Dark Horse through the Burger Books imprint. Uh, imprint. Uh, I picked it up because I'm a big fan of Ariella Christentina's art. She did Insects with Marguerite Bennett. I believe she also did uh, uh, with Jeremy Jordan Deep State. I think she was on at least part of that book. Um, but I dig her stuff. This book is beautiful. I picked it up for the art. The story's fun. It's probably a story that you, you are familiar with and still may well enjoy, but it's mm-hmm. a good, good art book, and it looks beautiful. Her, her stuff is like very natural, and it's not sketchy, but it feels like lived in. It feels worn. It's got this kind of... It's got this kind of almost granular feel to it, like everyone... Everyone has, they're not all wrinkly, but like everyone, everyone looks aged. Everyone looks weathered. Everyone looks a little bit like they've lived in the world and the world looks like it's been lived in. There aren't like smooth foreheads and shit. It's not even necessarily that. Sometimes it's just in people's posture. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, anyway, it's cool. If, if you read either of those books and dug the art, then don't miss that. Uh, Jin, Batman number 41. Hmm. Everyone does love Ivy. <laughs> except bats and cats. Batman and the Signal number two. Duke learns the secret of where the Meta's powers are coming from. And has problems with that. That's a terrible description of that book, but man, it's weird. <laughs> and I don't know where it's going, and there's only one issue left. So, hey. Uh, Batwoman number 12. We finally see where things went bad between Sophia and Kate. And move toward... This whole mini arms of death arc finally resolving. Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Swamp Thing number one. Milk Wars continues to channel Jin's nightmares and brings a bunch of sentient pops alive alive to kill people. (laughs) And Swamp Thing gets a boutonniere lapel flower thing that's just my favorite detail ever. So cute. Harley Quinn number 38, every D-list Batman villain who you've ever wanted to see in a book together show up to harass Harley and friends. Justice League 39, Cyborg testifies before Congress. (laughs) Super Sons 13, Talia shows up at school and harasses Damien and John. Just in time for them to figure out that Talia's next mark is a hit on Lois. Oh, shit. Superman number 41. Superman and John continue their Krypton destruction roleplay that they've begun. 
Trinity number 18, Superman and Lois and Batman ride unicorns. And Batman names his Biscuits. Shit. Now I need this. Hit girl number one. This girl is crazy as a... I don't know. I don't have a good... A good litmus. This is a new level of crazy, is what this is. This girl is insane. Oh, is this your... This is your first intro to Hit Girl. Yeah. (laughs) Hit Girl needs a new sidekick and kidnaps herself a drug lord assassin. Yep. Sex Criminals number 22. Uh... I don't even really know how to summarize this issue. This is a weird issue. I haven't... I've switched back to trades on this. Because I love reading this one in trades. Um, I don't know. It's just a good fucking book. Go read it. It is a good... And it's a good fucking book. Yeah. If your thing is menopausal women learning to squirt, this is the issue for you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Wow. Yep. Okay. I'm not the one who writes it. I told you, I told you, I didn't know how to summarize it. Someone out there has the most typical boner. Probably. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man number 796. Oscorp continues its new merger process. Oh, shit, that was supposed to be for you. Ha-ha. Hey, Jen. No, Amazing you did Spider- it already. No. Um, <laughs> Agent Antivenom might be better at Peter's job than Peter. Yeah. Astonishing X-Men number eight. Uh, X and Psylocke have a conversation with... What's his name? Moira McTaggart's son. I can never remember the character's name. I always want to say Parallax. It's not Parallax. Parallax is someone else. (laughs) Oh, fuck. It's not Phalanx. Phalanx is a different thing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah, so that guy. Yeah. The green energy dude. You know. If you watched the cartoon, you know exactly who. Enjoy screaming at your podcatching device. <coughs> oh no. Avengers 681. We learn where Valerie Vector got her powers. Black Panther Annual number one. If you miss Christopher, Reese, Christopher Priest writing Black Panther... Then you should pick this up because there's some Christopher Priest Black Panther and it's very good. Which is not to say the current Black Panther isn't. Just Christopher Priest Black Panther is a very different thing. Uh, Star Wars Dr. Aphra number 17. Aphra and company join the rebellion. Sort of. <laughs> Tales of Suspense number 102. Jin. Ha! Can't fool me twice. <laughs> Probably actually did more books than I realized I did that you read, but it's fine. It's, it's all good. Um, fuck, Clint and Bucky take a hostage, sort of. I thought you were gonna say take off the shirts. Well, that would be okay too. No, Clint and Bucky take a hostage, sort of, and lose a hostage, definitely. Yeah, you're familiar with take a penny, lose a penny. Yeah, yeah it's, leave a penny. That's that's pretty much what happened, but, like, much yeah. worse. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Long box. 
this going to be my week? This is my week. Don't do it. Don't do it. Cool. You guys are all doing it in your head, right? No, don't. Now you've yeah. ruined it. Okay, so I got the Kindred number two. <laughs> number two. From 1994. From April of 1994, it is. The story is by Jim Lee, Brandon Choi, Brett Booth, and Sean Ruffner. With pencils by Brett Booth. Pencils are really good, although that is not how human bodies work. But I'm going to just go ahead and say that they are... You already established advanced. this comic from the 90s. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. 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 The colors make this book. Wendy Fouts did the colors. Um, the colors really make this book. They look. It looks really good because of that. So this book starts out with this, this uh, team... Of mercenaries, I'm assuming. I haven't read any any sort of image grifter stuff, Wildstorm yeah. stuff. So I'm going into this blind. I've read very little, but none of this rings a bell for me right. except the existence of grifter. So right. I can't help. Yeah. Uh, so we go into this with a team of people going to an island to secure a facility. That and fits what I do know about grifter. Yep, pretty much. And immediately... One of the characters, Sanchez, there's like Sanchez and Deputy Colby and Slayton. And those are the only characters that you need to know about other than Grifter. Because everyone else is just a carbon copy of Sanchez. Um, of, of the main team. Immediately Sanchez is like, yeah, Backlash, why the fuck are we taking orders from a muscle boy in tights? And I'm like, you're all wearing the same outfit. Everyone, the 90s, so you're all muscle boys, right? Everyone's wearing the same thing, and I can see more than eight abs on each one of you. That's not how that works. But also, shut up. Yeah, just let to enjoy the muscle boys. <laughs> right? Yeah, come on, come on. Let me enjoy those muscle boys and tights. And there are a lot of butts in this. Yeah, that I did. I stopped counting because there's a bunch, and they're all boy <laughs> butts, and they're all good, good boy butts. Nobody has a flat ass in this. Um, there's, but there is a lot of, um, people calling each other girls in this, ladies, talking about stuff like that, and I'm like, bitch, you couldn't handle me. So that really... Yeah. I'm glad that died, or is dying. Yeah, I'm glad that being extreme no longer equates with being just a shitty person. Right. You can be a lady and be extreme too now. Um, so then Grifter shows up as they're, like, parachuting onto this island where this facility is. And he is a very, very interesting mix of literally Bugs Bunny and Deadpool. <laughs> literally. Pardon me, but does this flight continue to Albuquerque? And he has a little bit of Spider-Man thrown in there, too, because he does call himself the Friendly Neighborhood Gunslinger a couple times, I think. Nice. Um, they Any shoot... chimichanga consumption that I should know about? Not in this one, but it is potentially there. Um, they shoot a few man-bats. Okay. That are they're pre-man-bat-man-bats or post-man-bat-man-bats. I'm starting to sense various uh, thematic similarities to... Both DC and Marvel characters. Oh, um, yeah, imagine. I failed to mention um, earlier, by the way, in uh, Infinity Countdown that Shazam was technically in, in that book. Oh, shit. The litany of Captains Marvel. Yeah. The one that you just saw, like, the palette was swapped, yeah. but the design details were all Shazam. 
Holy shit. You're not wrong. So anyway, yeah. they, they find all these creatures that we find out have been genetically modified animal fetuses. I guess they pumped a lot of human DNA into these animal fetuses. You know, there's this commercial um, that's been playing about... It's a Triscuit commercial. And they're bragging about Triscuits not being genetically modified. And the woman in this commercial, who's, I guess, a consumer, or a paid actor pretending to be one, makes the comment, well, I'm not genetically modified either. And I've wondered what that means. I wonder that every time that commercial plays, but I guess now I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know many people who are genetically modified. That's all I'm saying. I think everyone's genetically modified, actually, technically. That's if you want to, you know, use it the way words work. Come at me. Come at me. Um, so we get our first woman in this uh, in this facility. She has been abducted. I'm sure that happened in the first issue. Probably. Um, she is some sort of Syat person. But her powers aren't working for some reason. And then she gets slapped around a couple times and is told to um, silence woman, pretty much. And then a guard tries to have his way with her. Because that's what things do. In the world. Hooray. Especially in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and then we get a good cheesecakey pinup of the two fellas in this book. I, I did not hate that. I do like that it's the two fellas. Go 90s, I guess. Um, and then we get the main bad guy of the kindred. Nothing happens there. And then we go back into this facility... And everyone gets their asses kicked by a giant man-spider thing other than Grifter and Slayton. We assume, because it ends with Grifter and Slayton having no ammo and trying to kill their way out of it. I thought you were going to say it ends with Grifter and Slayton having sex. I think I think that would be weird, personally. Um, I'm not into that. So, no. You really never know with these books. It's true. You really don't. And that's it. That's cool. that book. I don't know what's happening. I'm probably not going to read more. <laughs> there were no smooth boys that I know of because they were all wearing full-on bodysuits, which I'm assuming were all latex, and that is a turnoff for me. Yeah. But that happened. I read it. I mean, I'm guessing they were probably, in that case, all smooth boys because there's a certain amount of, like talcum powdering yourself you need to wriggle into those costumes well yeah but that doesn't mean you can't have hair as you talcum powder yourself into a latex costume or vinyl costume if you don't Mm, but like is it like it'll it will pull your hair out if you don't powder enough but i don't know mm. clearly i do not get into latex costumes with any i mean any frequency good that would be terrifying for many reasons I'm a little bit offended now. No, because latex, God. Oh, well, there's that. That's yeah. terrifying. I don't want that anywhere near me. Ever. Ever. Fair. It's that the is... latex. It's 100% the latex. Okay, fine. Neoprene. Okay. Vinyl. Something that is not latex. Well, something, something is in tie. I don't know. You want to roll the die and... Do I need to? I mean, we can just make Brian read something when he shows up next week. Or you can grab a book. But isn't it more fun to punish Brian? Where's the die? I don't know. It's your die. <laughs> uh, underneath my copies of Redline. 
which are there, right, right there, right there in that general region. Yeah, underneath the look under the arm thing. Yay! We have a die. Hope that was good audio. Great audio, the best. I am certain. Um, your odds and Brian is even. <laughs> sorry, Brian. Oh, oh look, I'm not two. sorry. It's a three. <sighs> theater of the mind. <laughs> Audio experiences are theater of the mind. Uh-huh. There would have been no evidence. Uh-huh. None whatsoever. I would have known. Hey, Jen, you know where I was yesterday? Where were you? On Lemon Street in Ackworth, Georgia. Oh, snap. Well, you, now you have to walk away. That's not cool. Go get a book and come back. Yeah, so Lemon Street in Ackworth, Georgia, that is where Rockhounds and Relics Trading Co. is. It's also where Alex saw a weird bird thing. I, he'll He'll tell you about it later. Um... But my sister's shop, Rockhounds and Relics, uh, she has a lot of stuff. She has a lot of rocks. She has a lot of uh, really cool hounds, jewelry. Hounds, a lot of relics. Yeah, there are hounds and relics. So tell me about your visit. It was 6.10 and she had just closed. Oh, So I did aww. not get to see her. Unfortunate. Yeah, she just closed at 6, so you yeah. gotta get there before then. Missed it by that much. Indeed. But I watched a parrot take a shit, which I'll tell you more about while we talk to Neil Holman. Indeed. <laughs> Go to my sister's shop. Buy cool things. Don't watch parrots take shits. Just look away. I mean, it was more foisted upon me than yeah. something I chose to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Yep. I actually think I saw your sister walk right past me and not notice, but she was in the distance. It's entirely possible. Did she get a haircut recently? Uh, Bearing in mind that I think the last time I saw her was like eight or nine months like ago. It's like similar-ish to mine, but a little bit longer. Yeah, like shoulder length? Yeah. Okay, I think I actually did see her in yeah, the distance, probably. but she had her back to me. Yeah. So, uh... What'd you get? I'll say I don't hate this. Oh, okay. Um, it's got a turtle's ad on the back. Hey, so it does. I got X-Babies, number one. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, not a Scotty Young thing, <laughs> but this may be the same X-Babies that give us the Wolvie that's in Exiles in April. Nice. Yeah. So, I'm I'm down with this. I don't hate this. Sweet. See, now you're glad you got it. Well, I mean... Glad. I've got 26 books next week, so... Oh, oh, yeah. Read and on, tech. Read it on Tuesday. Oh, read it on Monday. <laughs> read it read tomorrow. Read it tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, now let's check in with Neil Holman. All right, and we are back now with Neil Holman of Redline, which, if you've been listening for a while, you've heard us talk about. Hey, Neil. Hi, guys. How's it going? It's going well. I'm so excited to be talking to you guys. This is great. Well, that just means you don't really know us. <laughs> You'd be lucky. You're in sunny Kennesaw, Georgia, sunny my Kennesaw. favorite place on Earth. Oh, great. Now everyone knows. <laughs> so I've been calling it Keenesaw, and that's probably why everybody gives me weird looks. Yeah, so, I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think you, you figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was really great when he's talking about our visit to Keenesaw Battle. Keenesaw Battle. Mm-hmm. There was a DJ a long time ago. <laughs> so, like, regular he, face. You have to, like, crunch your face up to even say <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you also show them that maybe you're smelling something unpleasant about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's no good. There used to be a DJ on the radio who would perfectly troll people by calling it uh, Smyrna, Georgia, and just <laughs> and then he would record yeah. everybody calling him up, giving him hell about it's pronounced Smyrna. See, I digress. I digress. Yeah. You do that. This is why I don't talk. You might also know Neil from this little show called Archer 
or this little show called Sea Lab. Sea Lab 2021 is my favorite. Okay, sorry. I had yeah. to fangirl for a second. Frisky Dingo. Sea yeah. Lab and Frisky Dingo and Exticles. Uh, that's sort of where I got my start. I started as an intern on Sea Lab um, when I was 22. And I've been working for the same two guys for 15, 16 years now. Nice. That's awesome. That's good. That means they're they're good people to work with, right? Yeah, they're super. They're super good. Yeah, they're they are. Uh, they work very well together, although they are very different people. If that makes any sense, like they, uh, they're it's kind of like mom and dad. Uh, <laughs> and they change roles sometimes. One's mom, the other's dad, and then the next week it's totally reversed. Just like but, seahorses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, Matt Thompson and Adam Reed have been my bosses for about fifteen, sixteen years. Um, but they're good, good guys and great friends. Uh, you know, both of them came to my wedding, and uh, uh, yeah, they've been a, a huge part of my personal and professional life. That's very cool. Awesome. So before we before we jump any deeper in, we have the traditional starting question: How did you get hey. into nerdy stuff? How did I get into nerdy stuff? I was kind of born into it. <laughs> um, I'm the youngest of uh, three, uh, so really, whatever my older sister and older brother liked, I followed suit. So, uh, you know, that was the first is probably Star Wars that I can remember. You know, I, I was born in 1980, so um, I don't know that I went to Return of the Jedi when it came out. I definitely remember going to Willow when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, that was the first movie I can remember going to. But we had, we had tons of Star Wars toys, and then uh, G.I. Joe and He-Man. He-Man was probably the first comics I read, you know, those little comics that came with the figures. Um, He-Man and then Transformers was a huge part of our lives for a long time. Uh, and then secondarily, GoBots, because, you know, we were cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, and then comics, I, you know, we lived in a small town in South Carolina called York. Uh, it's a town of about 7,000 people. So we didn't really have a comic book shop, but we had a drugstore that had a spinner rack, and that's where I bought my first comics, and, uh, I just kind of stuck with it. Uh, I, as I got into high school, there was a comic book shop, it's still around, called Grand Slam Baseball Cards and Comics, and the comics was just like a back shelf in the back of the <laughs> But uh, I I was I loved that place and it was you know I mean that was probably twenty miles from my house so I had to, once I got my license then I would make the trek out pretty regularly but um yeah so I I sort of fell into nerd stuff pretty naturally very cool that seems to be the general consensus of everybody we've talked to yeah no one no one was Clockwork Orange so far. <laughs> no not yet <laughs> no we're gonna find that one yeah. forced labor nerddom. Nobody said like uh, nobody's got into it like later in life of like oh, I did only jock stuff. For <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not yet. I mean, only football stuff. It's gonna happen for me. Not jock stuff, but well, I, I did only start reading comics in like my late twenties. Yeah, but you were already uh, kind of nerdy. I was already very nerdy. A theater nerd. Well, things, but yeah. but what was your avenue in if it was in your late twenties? Oh, like, it was the, it was the cartoons and. I'd watched them, you know, all my life. The 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 Batman the animated series, X-Men, The Tick, Earthworm Jim. So I had familiarity. I just actual monthly comics came to much much later. Right, right. And now he has consumed more than any of us combined yes. at this point. So 
when I met you guys, you guys had this enormous stack of comic books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We should talk but, about the day that you guys oh met, right? <laughs> but, that's a great story. Jen, why don't you tell that one? No. Oh, yeah. Let me hear you guys' side of the story. There's a, a famous story about when I was uh, doing a signing at Redline at Oxford Comics. And <laughs> oh, I, I know. Met, I've told this story many a times, so I would love to hear you guys' version. Oh, of yeah, it. yeah, Jen, tell I your think, version. Well, I'll start, because I know my version of it is probably the uh, most uneventful, other than, <laughs> you know, we, we're in the shop, we're getting our, our normal books, Neil is there to sign, and I was planning on grabbing Redline anyway, because I'd read about it somewhere, Nerdist, maybe, yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, was already grabbing a copy anyway, so I didn't have to do the usual awkward, okay, I'm going to get this because there's a human here, which I'd be lying <laughs> if I said I didn't do sometimes. <laughs> it works. It works. Showing up to sign things sells books. Yeah. Um, and later in the day, I found out the rest of the story because I had an oblivious <laughs> human being who absolutely <laughs> did not notice what was going on. Uh, so I'm standing in line to buy all my books. <laughs> and you hear a commotion. I hear... I hear <laughs> I hear the distraught crinkling of a water bottle. <laughs> and I turn and I realize, hey, I'm looking right at this guy's crotch. This is really awkward. <laughs> and then you looked up and caught my eyes. And I was like, nope, pretend you didn't see a thing. Just look away. Don't panic. For my part, watching Jen stare at people's crotches is not that weird. So hey, that didn't man. set off any red flags. <laughs> I try not to let them notice. <laughs> and I wasn't there, but Jen came home and was like, so I got this comic signed, and this guy poured water in his crotch. <laughs> and Amazing. All right. So to let people know that uh, don't know about Oxford, it's a fairly small-ish shop, yeah. um, and they don't have a really like de great designated place for uh, signing. It's just the nature of the layout of the shop. So they put me uh, at a table between two aisles, but the two aisles are directly at the front of the shop. So, like, you walk in, and then you are, there's my table and me. And it, <laughs> and that's what kind of a surprise looks like. Oh, there's a man here staring at me, trying to shuck his comic onto me. If the doors opened the other way, every time they opened, they would have smacked Neil in the face. And, uh, yeah, it was a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was something. And then, uh, you know, I've got a coffee and a water bottle, a bottle of water, and I'm just doing my thing. I uh, meet you guys. That conversation went really well. Y'all knew about the book ahead of time, so that sort of puts my awkwardness at ease. And <laughs> you guys turn away, and I'm like, all right. You sort of check that off in your mind. I'm like, good job. That was a good, <laughs> <laughs> was was a good job. As I'm like mentally patting myself on the back, I reach for something, maybe the coffee, maybe whatever happens. But I spill not only the coffee, but this bottle of water. And it, the coffee, thankfully, was mostly empty, so only like a few sips spill out. But the water, uh, it's mostly full and dumps straight onto my crotch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, full soaking, just like, oh my god, that is so much water. And yeah, uh, Jen says she, she caught my eye. Oh yeah, it was a full like, <laughs> and uh, the other thing is the aisle that they put me beside, there are tons of these expensive toys all beside me. So I'm terrified, like, oh my god, it's like hundreds of dollars of merchandise. <laughs> I don't want to pay for this. <laughs> I don't want to pay for this at all. 
Uh, luckily, I don't think I damaged anything, but oh my god, it could not. And then at the same time, like, of course this happened. This is a perfect slice of meal. <laughs> uh, I was completely oblivious and found out later when Jen showed me your tweet about it. Oh, well, yeah, I just figured I had to tweet about it. Like, I can't not acknowledge that. Uh, Actually, when Jen came in, she said this guy was so nervous that he peed himself at the table. <laughs> That's not what I said. Yeah, it was pretty I weird. might have implied it. <laughs> I, I peed but, myself to cover up the water. <laughs> <laughs> Logic got a little screwed. We uh, did have reminders in our phones for like six months to carry extra napkins to Dragon Con. Just, <laughs> just in case. Yeah. I got talked down from that one. Somebody told me it was a stupid idea, so I like put them away and didn't carry them with me, but... You were well, going to get napkins if I saw you. We wore, like, the pens in reverse so it would repel the water if it fell into our yeah. laps. <laughs> yeah, if we see each other, uh, keep a roll of paper towels on you. Oh, yeah. Nice. oh, yeah. Nice. But that's how Redline came to our house. <laughs> did, did it's memorable. Did you segue back to top? I did segue. Look at me be a professional. It's a, I made an impression. That's the, that's the whole goal. You have Indeed. to read this. This guy peed himself about it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> good job, pee guy. Yeah, hey, Neil Holman, pee guy. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. It's, it's okay. It's cool. We know what we're getting into when we have you on. That's, that's true. So, Redline just came out in trade. How timely is that? What Indeed. a coincidence. A couple of weeks ago. Three weeks ago, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope it's doing well. Um, it seems to be doing okay. I've been shoving it on everybody I can, so yeah. I'll, I'll try. Um, Thanks. I, I love the book. And I, I guess we won't talk spoilers, though, will we? Uh, That's up to you. And it's been uh, you know, Maybe don't spoil the total. Don't spoil the last issue. No, yeah. uh, no but I am going to talk about that giant dick. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think issue one and two are completely safe to talk about. Yeah. All right, good. That's that's good. fair. I, I I like that line. We can draw we can draw that giant dick shaped line in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> My only qualm with that issue is that they had this panel with this huge schlong, you know, with the with the shoes there for reference on how giant this <laughs> dong was, which was great. And then the next panel is women at a strip club, but they're completely covered up by dudes' heads. And I was like, come on. No, that was great for me. <laughs> We're trying to revert, do, reverse some damage that we did. <laughs> it was too late, sir. <laughs> Mouth was open when I read that page. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, when I sent that issue in, um, I really didn't know if Oni was going to go for it, you know? Uh, and then uh, I, I talked to them much later, and I sort of copped to the fact of, like, yeah, I, I really didn't know if you guys were going to go for that at all. They never balked at it, at, 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 even in the slightest. And then they're like, are you kidding? We published the uh, the auteur. Like, there's <laughs> things in that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but the way that, uh, to for people that don't know, a, a suicide bomber uh, sets his, detonates his vest, and the, the only thing that's left of him is his severed dick. Uh, <laughs> right between his smoking loafers <laughs> that's a real thing that's a i was start interviewing a guy who actually was in the air force uh, office of special investigations and uh during, i was really starting to ask he was like how do you investigate a bomb because that just seems like uh, yeah, how do you what's even, left of that 
yeah, where do you even begin? Like, there's stuff everywhere. And he's like, well, yeah, normally, uh, the bomber's dick and balls are right between his American <laughs> British knights. So, <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and that line is, yeah, it's physics is straight from him. <laughs> oh, nice. that's, that's awesome. Because that's, that's what made me believe it. I was like, wait, nobody would actually type that or write that into a script if it wasn't true. So, but I didn't do independent research. So I'm glad you've confirmed that for me. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to Google that. The the stories they have are just like, just utterly insane. And they all talk about it with like this kind of wry smile. Like, yeah, that was messed up, man. (laughs) Like the dog carrying the severed hand was another story. Like, that was pretty common uh, because, you know, there are wild dogs all over Iraq. uh, And you, you need the prints on that hand. So there's seven. Heavily armed, grown men chasing around a dog. With a <laughs> uh, cool. Keep telling me more. <laughs> this all in. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of my favorite things about the book is like I think I would read like four or five issues of just the banter between your characters because oh, yeah. I just absolutely love the way they talk to each other. And I was like, it made oh. you, it pulled you into the story, made you really feel like you were there without having to do a bunch of you know, like backstory or flashbacks or stuff yeah. to explain these characters. I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah it's a, uh, the, the guys that I have interviewed, the men and women I've actually interviewed that do that job are all, yeah, they deal with some really dark shit that is uh, heavy. And at the same time, they're all hilarious. They're super funny. Like they're, they're quicker to a joke than I've ever been in my life. Like they, they are on top of each other and they give each other shit constantly uh to the point where like are you guys taking this seriously (laughs) (laughs) that guy's sued that guy's really dead yeah i you know but they don't focus on things like that it's it's really uh pretty impressive and it's all defense mechanism right they're they're covering but at the same time uh it's they've found a way to deal uh in this sort of morbid world um, and they need, there's a job that needs to be done and they need to do it. So, uh, it's a, I, I tried my best to match their banter as best I could. You know, there's definitely some, there's a lot of Hollywood isms yeah. within the, the book, uh, especially in terms of procedure and things there. I took some pretty heavy liberties, which I, I caught some shit about from them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Well, let's let's step back a second, and for anyone who maybe is newer to the show, hasn't heard us talk about this quite as recently, uh, do you want to pitch Redline for anyone who might not be familiar with it? Sure, yeah. Um, it read, the elevator pitch is always tricky for Redline, but essentially a, uh, a bomb goes off and everyone blames the locals. And there's one guy who's our uh, detective. He's a detective in the military for all intents and purposes. And he's the one guy saying, I, I don't think the locals, I, I, I don't think they did it. And the locals in this are aliens. Uh, but they're not really aliens. They're on Mars. It's their home planet. So technically, we're the aliens. Uh, and because it's Mars and the, ter- the terrain is so similar to the, what we've been seeing in the news for the past 15 years, that there are a lot of parallels to uh, what's been going on in the Middle East. But it's not, the aliens aren't just, uh, aren't 
synonymous with any group of people, really. Uh, it's a mistake that a lot of uh, science fiction kind of does. We always sort of put human attributes on the aliens. But talking to these locals is like trying to talk to a shark. You know, like that's not... <laughs> They are not human. They aren't, they aren't stand-ins for any group of people. So as I play with that, there's never going to be a, a wharf or a, a tonto or <laughs> like a sexy local that would like we try, somebody tries to bang. Like that. that's not, that's not a, what this story is. It's, it's very, very different. But there is conflict there. And there's also conflict between the colonists on Mars. We've traveled 60 million some odd miles only to repeat the same shit that we do here. We fight amongst ourselves. We have the same greed, the same problems. Uh, and so that's sort of what we play with. That's the macro view is you look at those things. The micro view is more boots on the ground with Denton Coyle, our detective, investigating this bombing and trying to prove that uh, the locals didn't do it even though he's no fan of the locals you know they've killed a lot of his friends and family so uh, that's sort of where the conflict lies yep that's a pretty good elevator pitch I'd say indeed it, it's supposed to be three sentences <laughs> <laughs> it's the mass effect elevator they're Faulkner, yeah, they're Faulkner sentences it's though so that counts pitch. it's fine yeah it's Faulkner <laughs> <laughs> And then at the end, you just say, my mother is a fish. And then it's, they get it at that point. So, um, so the Martians in, in this book, they're indigenous, I'm, I'm assuming, because we don't really find out. Yeah, they're, uh, for all intents and purposes, they're indigenous. Okay. Uh, with uh, five issues, I knew I wasn't going to have any real uh, real estate to cover uh, their history and how we how much we know about them. They're, they're, I kept them more... Off screen, so, off screen, similar to uh, the Native Americans in Deadwood. You know, like they're there, right. but they're not yeah. the the engine that drives Deadwood. Uh, and it sort of took elements of that. But uh, you know, if the show or if the the series goes forward into future arcs, we'll learn more and more about the locals, and they'll become more and more part of the story. Uh, there's a lot of mysteries that are there that are set up in the first series. But no one's really asking the questions about them. Uh, the The groundwork is all there. So yeah. uh, the following arcs would all just build on top of that. Yeah, and I, and I read a lot more the second time around. I think the first time going through the book, I was like, okay, what about this? And what about this? And I was looking for all my questions to be answered, you know, wrapped up neatly as, right, as right. A, a lot of things will do that. But uh, I, the second time around, didn't worry about that, knowing, you know, kind of how the book ended and just really enjoyed the process of telling the story this time around a lot more. So real good stuff. Yeah, and, you know, once Clay McCormick came on board uh, for art, things definitely improved as far as the storytelling goes. Clay's really good at uh, his acting in the, the figures is so perfect. There were lines that I was cutting left and right to just let the sort of emotions lie on the page. Like, Clay can do a lot. Uh, and with Kelly Fitzpatrick on colors, that's where the, the whole atmosphere of the book really became it really solidified under Kelly. Uh, so I, I was really thankful to be paired with the team that uh, we have. Uh, they're a large part of the book's appeal and its success. 
Yeah, the facial expressions on some of these dudes was uh, killing me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially caught with his pants down, taking a dump out there. In the, <laughs> you know, when they discover the, the, the one alien. And uh, some of the others, are just they just kill me, their reactions. So that, the art is fantastic. Was there any moment where, like, either Clay came back to you and said, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not drawing that. Dude, I'm not drawing that. <laughs> no, surprisingly. But, you know, Clay's a big uh, fan of, like, horror movies and stuff, so I, I probably didn't go far enough for Clay. Okay. <laughs> He's a weird little man. <laughs> weird. Nice. He's not little at all. He's actually, he's huge. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes that weirder. So, mm. I, yeah. Exactly. So, were there any, was it weird to jump from living in a world of art direction to being the guy writing and sort of having to step back and rely on more the, the other people on the team to handle the visual language oh, yeah. of the book? To take the art director hat off? Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was difficult. I knew that was going to be difficult going in. Um, and I told Clay I and Kelly, Kelly both that I would do my absolute best to keep my mouth shut. And, <laughs> I, you know, I put in all the panel suggestions of, like, these are just suggestions of camera angles. Feel free to do your own thing. Um, and in the back of my head thinking, like, well, if they screw it up, I'm going to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I never really had to jump in. There were a couple panels here and there where I would uh, suggest a, a, maybe a lower camera angle or trying to push a composition a little bit further to Clay. Uh, but those were few and far between. Uh, and same with Kelly. Like the notes we gave her on colors were, they're just notes. You know, there's never a big, oh my God, we need to stop <laughs> everything and I need to jump in. <laughs> Thankfully, that, that was not the case and I, I was never really put to that point. Um, comics are a, a different thing than animation. You know, in animation, that's the name of the job for art direction. You need to be able to jump in at any point and just take over a piece and, and finish it. I, you know, I try not to do that as an art director because what you end up doing is just putting all the work on yourself and you're not training the people underneath you to help you. So you, in a long ter long term goal, you're, you're doing yourself a huge disservice by jumping in and finishing a piece. Uh, the other side to that is like sometimes the schedule is exactly what the schedule is and it's not moving. So you, you need to jump in and help wherever you can. Um, so that's sort of a, the dance of an art director is trying to get everybody else on the same page and help each other and also keep an eye on the schedule and deliver the show when you, when it needs to be turned in uh, with comics, you know, there's uh, much more defined lines, especially some artists can get touchy if the writer is jumping in and giving art notes. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I try to be conscious about that. I also know how to deliver an art note without just pissing people off. You know? <laughs> There's a way, there's a thing that I, I learned uh, uh, sort of the hard way is to not um, make an analogy. Like, this guy's face looks like it's made of Play-Doh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it may look exactly like it's made of Play-Doh. That may be the perfect analogy to deliver. But what you're really doing is kind of belittling the art. You can easily say the rendering on this face needs some work. Uh, let's focus on the structure of this uh, face. I feel like it's not landing. 
you know, you're you're saying the exact same thing. You're still giving the note, but one is kind of making fun of the art, and the other is just giving the note. Um, and people react much more favorably to the latter. Just give the note. It's so my, weird. Trying to be funny was like a, oh, you know, we're I'm being funny. We're letting the letting the steam out, letting the tension out of the, the room. You know, it looks like Play-Doh, right? Come on. But that that's just being a douche. You know, <laughs> just deliver the note and, and act like an adult. Yeah, definitely. We uh. We've got theater background, and that's very much kind of the same thing. Oh, right. oh, yeah. Same oh, yeah. thing there. If you <laughs> say the wrong thing to an actor and oh yeah, mean well, it's it's no, that's kind of fun, really. Well, no, <laughs> that's not a good analogy because it it's fun be, to take off actors. It may be fun, but it uh, is not productive. Uh, I'm about to go into tech week next week, so I'm gonna just be quiet. Yeah. On the other hand, being a writer myself, somewhat, uh, you could have put it. Uh, the most nicest, most professional critique ever, and I'm still gonna go back and go. Oh my god, he hated it. Sucks. it. It's the worst. Thing. Everything <laughs> sucks. Everything's made of Play-Doh. I can see it. No, and the, I had this reaction this morning where I read a, a script that came into work, and it's really, really good. And it's also as a writer, you start going like, I could, I can't write this. I could never. <laughs> That's the worst feeling ever. Uh, <laughs> And you get mad. <laughs> like, yeah. Mad and jealous. Jealous of somebody else's brain. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, that. oh, that person's not even trying. I know. They're just sitting there eating a bonbon. And then like, they'll get on out. Twitter and say, oh, my God, my writing sucks so hard. And you're like, I hate you. Oh, okay. <laughs> then, yeah, then you write a Twitter post and you're like, well, I can't, I can't post that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you used to be able to blame it on 140 characters. Now I can't even do that. <laughs> So you've got more red line mapped out, more in mind, uh, if if future books get to happen? Yeah, I do. Uh, and I've been working with a screenwriter uh, to uh, start pitching it as a, a live-action show as well. So uh, I think it works so well. As I was going to bring that up. I was like, please uh, marry your two options there. I would love to. You know, like I, when I was – Originally thinking about the project, I was like, okay, this will be an animated show. And then as I got deeper into the project, I'm like, no one's ever going to buy this as an animated show. (laughs) (laughs) There is not a market for this. Uh, And that was the reason why I started pushing towards comics. Is like, there's not an animated market, but there's a comics market that would totally, this would work as a comic. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it does. It's... I'm really proud of what we delivered in just five issues. I think it's a, a story that doesn't meander. It doesn't like take its time. It kind of moves a little bit too quickly from being perfectly honest. But um, as a show, uh, especially working with another writer on it, uh, I don't want to give his name because we haven't really announced it yet, but um, working with another person on it has been super gratifying. And, and like the, the springboard of his ideas and my ideas, he'll build off me and then I'll build off him. And this sort of give and take has been really great for me to just see, Oh, wow. There is a whole lot more to this world than even I realized. Uh, so yeah, I, I have high hopes for it as a TV project. I have high hopes for it as a continuing comic series. Uh, comics really depend on the sales and if mm-hmm. Oni can bank a profit on it. I, I think they can. I don't know the figures um, for certain. I know the singles, the first issue did really, really well. 
um, especially for, you know, kind of a no-name uh, uh, team. Um, but the second issue, of course, had a fall-off, and then the third issue has a fall-off, just like all comics do. So yeah. uh, they're hoping the trade sales uh, will be enough of a boost to keep it going. Um, if it doesn't, you know, at the very least, I think the five issues tell a story. You know, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, it's not a perfect ending, you know. It, not all the questions are answered, but it is the end of Denton Coyle's story for sure. So uh, I, I'm proud of that. And, you know, if somebody's going to pick up the trade and they're trying to wonder, like, well, I don't want to pick it up if it's not going to continue, it's a it's a full uh, story in that trade. So, yeah, I don't we were know. actually before we started the call, Mike and I were kind of debating with each other on whether or not this was meant to be entirely contained. Obviously, there's room for more story, no doubt. Or if there was more on the table, and he had said he'd read an interview with you where you said you did have more plans. Yeah, there are more plans. Like the next arc would follow Christopher Peck. You know, that would who Christopher Peck starts off this series as kind of the foil for our hero and the kind of the guy that uh, the hero doesn't like. He's very by the book. He's very stiff. And the next series would be following him and turning him into the, the, the really the POV and someone we start to really identify with. Um, you know, he's never, he's not a bad guy at all. He's just different than who was the chosen lead in the the first arc. Yeah. Yeah. There was a nice hint in one of the panels, uh, where, uh, cause you know, Peck is going to become the next leader of the group when, uh, when Coyle retires or goes off planet was the plan. And then he starts kind of talking like, like Denton there. (laughs) And the other (laughs) character references it. And he's like, don't you start doing that. That drives me crazy. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, he's setting it up. That's great. So, yeah, but that was the the end of this book, and we won't say more. But it, that was definitely my Captain Kirk and and Star Trek Two moment, where I was like, "No!" <laughs> yeah, and like uh, Game of Thrones was the uh, uh, sort of jumping off point of like, "Oh wow, yeah, you can kill." Uh, ca- oh well, I just spoiled some stuff, but um, <laughs> we'll put a boop yeah, noise we'll, over that or something. We'll, this is part of why we record the interviews before we record what becomes what comes before the interviews. We'll we'll put a spoiler warning on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a spoiler warning up, but like that, uh, how there's no character is really truly safe in Game of Thrones, unlike Walking Dead. You know, uh, so I, that was really um, influential on me. I, I think, and then I wrote the story, and it, it was sort of in development for a while. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, several other books do the exact same thing that I did, and I was like, "But I no, I wrote this before. <laughs> Ours wasn't. Uh, uh, it's it was un- it was an unexpected turn, and I was like, "No, what is he doing, that bitch?" And then I was just, uh, you know, so. But that was good because I was completely engaged and hated you for a few minutes. See, so. that's funny for me, like. <laughs> There's a part of me, uh, uh, maybe a cynical part of me, that says, oh, he gets to retire. Well, he won't live to that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so there's a part of me that's no. like eating the inevitability, just feeding on it, letting it nourish yeah. me. So. Yeah. yeah, man. I, I wish I could go into what we've all talked about for the uh, the TV pitch. There's so much more that uh, these big, big ideas that we, we've got for it that awesome. are very, very exciting. Well, if it happens, we'll just have to have you back. Indeed. 
Exactly. Problem solved. There we go. So I, so I can like okay. yell at him again for something else. <laughs> Why? I'm gonna stop. I keep a water bottle poisoned in my <laughs> Nice. That'd be perfect. Base is covered. I'll bring the napkins. It'll be a party. Alright. Well, uh what other questions do you guys have? I would ask literally like a thousand questions, but I will not. So let's Can't? hope the what I'm here for. I mean, if you've got we, some yeah. go for it, we've got we've got time still. I just want to know more about the world of of Redline, like how no. you know that kind of stuff. And and I'm almost don't want to ask them now if if the if the TV show might happen or whatever might happen. I hey, kind of want to let it happen organically. That makes sense. Ask away. What is uh, off the top of your head? What would you lead with? Oh, I mean, we're gonna get into some details here, so. <laughs> <laughs> So we're terraforming Mars. The humans have gone to Mars and started terraforming, right? Right. Uh, which is crazy because I just bought the terraforming Mars game, and so now I'm like all about Mars. And, and <laughs> now, now you're all about okay. Mars. It was when I read Kim Stanley Robinson, but that's not the point. <laughs> so were the 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 Martians? Were they? They were clearly there before the terraforming started. So. Are they adapting to this terraforming? Or are they getting really pissed off about is this? I'm, obviously, this is probably why everybody started fighting in the first place. Right, but. That's, that's sort of the, the seed of the conflict between uh, <laughs> uh, between them. And so, yeah, the thing with terraforming, and I put this in the pitch of like, uh, yeah, we're terraforming Mars and we can breathe the atmosphere, but like it, the air probably smells like garbage, you know, just like sulfur. You know, so we've done this great scientific feat, but it's not perfect. You know, this is in Star Trek where everything's super clean and right. awesome. Things are pretty not great. There's <laughs> there's still sand everywhere. There's still sand in, like, your toothpaste and your sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is kind of miserable. Um it's i don't want i don't want to do like the guy that shows up at the convention you know and then stands in front of the microphone oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in, in episode two but how does this work right but in episode <laughs> two when he did this i don't understand why you know no so we, we won't go to that detail so. okay. okay i'll uh, save them you guys can ask your other questions now um, well, you have your go-to question. I know your. Well, yeah, I have question. my go-to question. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But did you or Clay either one listen to the Thrilling Adventure Hour? Uh, I did for a little while. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, here and there, I, I can't. I love uh, what's his name, Mark Evan Jackson. Oh yes, he's my favorite. Um, his voice is so great. The- I've been pushing him on our, our producers at work oh. constantly. I'm just like we we need to get him, and then he's. And now he's like everywhere. Yeah. But when I first started listening to Thrilling Adventure Hour, he was such a like unique voice. Um, I love it. Jen yeah, just spilled the, water in her crotch when I you said that. that. So I might have. Um, <laughs> no, the the Martians that it really reminded me like of a horror version of Croach the Tracker. Oh wow! I never put that together. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, did you? Do you guys remember the series Earth Two? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was a that was in the like I realized it much later as we were putting the book out. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, they're like a, a nightmare version of the 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 thing the aliens on Earth too. Like there were some aliens that could like travel through the Earth or something. Yeah. I vaguely remember, and then there was like a weird little alien ha- boy that was 
half human or something. I don't remember that. <laughs> I think, yeah, you, you're probably safe borrowing everything from that that you could. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to remember Earth 2. We have one yeah. friend that would call you on the carpet, but that'd be it. So nobody, yeah, I don't like any other names. There was definitely an alien that like could pop up from the sand that I thought that was always cool. That is cool. <laughs> <laughs> now I need to see that. Hey, it doesn't hold up. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's fair. Sand it's sharks. Hold up sand all. sharks. So. Yeah. Cool. Now, your go-to standard question? question. All right. What's your favorite um, sound effect to write? To write? Yeah. To write into uh, a script. Uh, I'm going to get my answer one day. It's going to happen. Somebody's... Because you just want somebody to say sploosh. Nah. <laughs> right, sploosh is great. Uh, <laughs> generally, I, I do love like a uh, a floosh. Is a, a big fan of that. Something uh, like a jet engine or something races by. Um, a goosh is another. One. <laughs> oh, really? Anything that rhymes with sploosh? Yeah, uh, blood gooches out. Is a, a... Let me let me ask this question: If you had to write a sound effect for a comic book writer spilling water on his crotch, goosh, goosh, yeah, definitely water gooshes all over his crotch. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. <laughs> then you cut to Kevin Sorbo. Disappointed. <laughs> What uh, what are your what comics are you reading or do you have any favorite authors out there? Uh, Ones that right. you, you can you can read without hating them. Hold on one second, my cat is stuck in the blinds. For <laughs> 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 that, it's a theme. Um, so, uh, favorite authors right now as far as the comics? Yeah, who are you uh, reading? Tom, right King, is, oh, Tom yeah. King is doing really well. Like that guy's he's hitting on all cylinders. He's really pissing uh, me off with how good he is right now. Yeah, I, like he seems effortlessly good, which is just impressive. Uh, his Batman book is really good. Uh, uh, the Mr. Miracle is really good. Mr. Wait, did I get the name wrong? It's Mr. Miracle. It is right? Mr. Yeah. Miracle. Okay. Jen will throw you off. It sounded weird coming out of my mouth. She keeps saying Miracle Man, and I'm like, no, that's Alan Moore. Yeah. I do that all the time. Every now and then you'll say a word, and you're like, does that, is that right? (laughs) That sounded weird. It's not Mediterranean Man, is it? Is that a thing, or am I having an acid flashback? Yeah. (laughs) I just say Caribbean. No, I, I think Tom King's doing really well. Uh, I just read, uh, I burned through uh, Thanos uh, yeah. over at Marvel. It's so good. Uh, it starts with Jeff Lemire, and then uh, Donnie Coates takes over, I think. And, uh, oh, man, I, I, that was a book, I, admittedly, I went into with very low expectations. Uh, sometimes Marvel space stuff is just like a sea of paragraphs of exposition, and I get like really instantly bored. Yes. Uh, and Thanos is not that. It, it, it is a real uh, story with arcs and hooks and character, uh, and there's a little bit of comedy here and there, which is nice. Yeah, that uh, first I- issue came out, and I, I had to get into the slack we used to organize when we record, and... I messaged Mike, hey, Mike, will you read this book and tell me if it's actually good or if I've lost my mind? Yes. I did not expect it to be so Like, I love Lemire, but I did not expect it to be so good when it started. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the other thing, I think I've read a ton of uh, shitty Thanos books before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Yeah. They're like, there's no way even Lemire could do this. And, yeah. and So, yeah, it's sort of Charlie Brown kicking the football like when you're buying it out of Thanos college. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually kicked the football. Like, What's happened? What is this? <laughs> Where did the football go? Yeah. I know. For Alex to get me, I'm not a... I'm, not a big Marvel guy. It takes me a lot to really like a Marvel book. There's some out there that I that I adore. And then Thanos, that first issue of Thanos, I was like, you son of a bitch, you've pulled me back into Marvel. Uh, I will also say I, I've been reading, I uh, picked up the Marvel Unlimited app, and so I've sort of been burning through some books that I never picked up. Uh, Al Ewing's Ultimates is really, <laughs> it's really good. And now Alex has water on his crotch. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a... Uh, they they did Galactus and they do some things with Galactus that I'm just like this is brilliant this is the greatest this is the most fun thing I, I've read in a, a long time oh and the uh, longer that book goes on the more high concept and insane it gets and the art team <laughs> always just puts it on yeah. the page in a way that's completely understandable like it I should not work and it does oh no it shouldn't work they're putting words together that like I I know what both those words are but that should not be a term <laughs> at all. <laughs> Astro time. I like what is I, there's just all sorts of stuff in it that you're like, what? What are they talking about? But I, okay, they seem to know what they're talking about, so I buy it. <laughs> Sploosh gooshing. That would be no, no, nope. We're gonna avoid that one. Okay, sorry. I'm trying to think of what else I've been reading and enjoying. Um, I did. I, I uh, picked up the Black Monday Murders of uh, Jonathan Bateman's. Uh, yeah. So that's oh good. man. I burned through that. That's another book where you, so good. Yeah, that's a book. Like as a writer, like I can never write this. This is like what? <laughs> how, did how does this guy's brain work? <laughs> no one knows. I'm waiting for yeah. him to release a comic that's just a PowerPoint file, <laughs> <laughs> and it would be one of the best comics of the year. It'd be utterly captivating. <laughs> what about you? That's Hickman, what, right? What, uh, yeah. You guys who are reading 50 to 60 books a week, it seems. Oh, that's those uh, two, yeah. Uh, what is, uh, what's at the top of your pile? Um, a lot what's of the your... things you've mentioned are fantastic. Aquaman's been super solid. It really has. Um, I don't know that you can start when Stepan Shayek took over, but starting then, it just revved up into a whole new level of quality. Like... Oh, I've cool. started putting super strong artists on that title. And I was just about to say, the art I've seen from that book has been great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's Federico. I think Roberto is his first name. The, the artist who's taken over is also mm-hmm. super strong. It's like these, these almost colored pencil illustrations. Um, and as a result, they're, they're not writing it as much. They're letting the art do more work. And that's been actually a really a really great way for that book to get awesome sort of a sense of weight behind it a sense of scale behind it that it doesn't have as much when it's more wordy yeah um i mean yes we've got alex talking about aquaman now (laughs) this will go on for hours (laughs) well watch this i'll say redneck in general star oh my god look okay anything donny cates honestly because that man he gets the south so right he's doing really well yeah i haven't I haven't read Redneck. You guys are one of many who have suggested it to me. I just haven't picked it up. It's Black so Hammer. good. 
Oh yeah, Black that's another Lemire Black Hammer, Wait. real good. Black Hammer is so good. Yeah. Uh, there's an anthology horror book that's got two issues out called Ice Cream Man that is oh. so weird and wonderful. And like, I'm not a big horror guy. I really dig horror comics, but I will almost always only read them in trade because I want that pacing. But doing right. this anthology makes it something I can read monthly and really enjoy. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm not gonna lie. This last issue, like. It made me tear up a little, and and with the content, you're thinking it shouldn't, but it's it like, just touched really close to home. Ice like, Cream Man, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. It's like suburban <laughs> horror, and it mixes different genres in. But the Ice Cream Man is like your Crypt Keeper yeah. character. Oh, he's the only constant. Okay, <laughs> all right, okay, okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> Um, I just, seriously, you, you've just triggered us, really. We're just going to start talking about comics yeah. for the next 35 well, minutes. It, it, it the, uh, the ice cream serial killer from Spawn. Just <laughs> 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 be stabbing or whatever. Those are the first uh, few I, things to come to mind for me, at least. Uh, to nerd out a little, I uh, just bought the... Um, uh, artist for proof of spawn the like the first six issues or something but it's all Todd McFarlane's original inks oh the 90s uh, stuff yeah 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 like That's it's awesome. it's it's amazing and i the thing about it is that i remember studying the panel like how he draws broken glass and how he draws like monster teeth and blood and all this other stuff like i i distinctly remember pouring over those pages so that book is awesome uh, to I, I, if you <laughs> were a fan of Spawn in the nineties, I highly recommend picking that book up. Yeah, that's actually I like I read a bunch of like kids comics when I was a kid, but that is what got me into actual comics with yeah. that book. I spent yeah, too much I, money I, on the bag versions of the Death of Superman at the same time, <laughs> so I have about fifty of those. <laughs> He's not lying. <laughs> I, uh, my wife and I were renovating our house, and so we had to move uh, a lot of stuff out of the attic because of, we're doing this thing with the HVAC system. Um, and as a result, I had to move uh, tons of boxes of comics. And I found uh, the first copy of Wizard Magazine that I ever bought, which was issue nine. And, uh, <laughs> nice. That one was on the cover, and it was like announcing uh, the start of Image. Wow. <laughs> oh, shit. They uh they all look like children. Like they look <laughs> <laughs> at best. Uh, it was uh, it was poor children though. Bart Sears Brutes and Babes of How to Draw Comics was in there. And, oh, uh, I love Sears though. I, I love <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he did that Justice League. He did art on Justice League and it was so Oh yeah, yeah. So good. I loved his run. All right, I, I'll let the professional people talk. <laughs> You're good. Uh, what else is good? What else are you are you really are are you guys excited about the new Marvel announcements? Um, you know what? I am. Uh, another I, reboot. You're very excited about look, another it's reboot. Not of a Marvel. reboot. Let's be clear. It's not a reboot. These aren't. Look, Don't I, call it a comeback, okay? And this is probably a product of the fact that it was like 2012 when I started reading comics. I actually like this whole "we're going to start at number one whenever a new team takes over" thing because it makes it very easy to track what's what, and it yeah. makes it very yeah. easy to recommend things to people. I agree. Um, oh, you asked what we're reading, and this ties into answering this. Uh, Saladin Ahmed has a Quicksilver book coming up. I'll read anything Saladin Ahmed writes. Yes. Yeah. Black Bolt has been excellent. Oh, it's, it's... I hate that it's ending, but I understand that 
you know, he told the arc he wanted to tell, and he told the backup yeah. arc he had, and... I kind of like that, actually. Yeah. I, I kinda, like, it, it's a finite story, and he's going out with it on top. I, I think it's... Uh, Black Bolt was another comic that just seems effortless. Like, it, it, it is great from panel one. Yeah, mm-hmm. his uh, his Abbott book, the second issue is coming out next week. It's super super solid. Oh yeah, yeah, I picked up the first issue of that. Yeah, good. Um, but no, I'm I'm down for this. Like Aaron writing the Avengers and Kate's on Venom mm-hmm. and Saladin Ahmed on Quicksilver. Like I'm I'm about all of this. It's it's gonna hurt my pull list. These image announcements <laughs> from this week are gonna hurt my pull list. You get to see him with double the stack you saw him with at Oxford. <laughs> We're not going to talk about what my pull list looks like. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, I love it. There are so many good books, but oh, it, it's almost a, a time problem at this point to get everything read and stay caught up. From no, I think that's why I read trades because then yeah. I'm always in the. I'm fine. Yeah, I'll catch up to the trades and I'm fine. So, but even trades, I have a stack of trades. Oh yeah. On my desk, like I have a deadly ca- a deadly class trades that are just sitting there that I. Everybody keeps telling me what an awesome and amazing book it is. I'm like, yeah, I I have three of them that are just. (laughs) (laughs) I will get to them eventually. I promise. I know it's good. I I I love all those people. (laughs) (laughs) I got so far behind on trades that I had I read a trade every day of the year last year and still was not caught up. Yeah, he he (laughs) he's a crazy person. Yeah, that that was nuts. I still have probably. 150 that I need to... God. Anyway. I'm a monster. I am history. You are are a monster. We call him the backlogger because he tells (laughs) us all these things. Are you just... Are you stocking shelves of your own store? (laughs) I mean, I could. I've been in shops that keep less stock than I have. Like, I'm I'm about to have to buy my fifth bookcase just for comics. God. Ikea's got a $30 unit that is my jam. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna have an intervention, I think, after this. <laughs> I've got to move in June. Trust me, I'll have my hey, intervention. Hey. <laughs> yeah, hire movers this is the best money you'll ever spend. Oh yeah, I I learned that the last time. Oh I yeah, was. we're moving in May, so I'm like, no, I'm too old to do this ever again. <laughs> I'm saving all of my yeah. money for I, that. I hurt too much. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped asking friends to, hey, can we borrow your truck? And I like, you, there's no more of that. It's let's pay somebody to do this. Yeah. Right yeah. at this point, the movers are cheaper than the pizza budget it would take to get. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The burn friendships. <laughs> no, that's all right. I can do that too. <laughs> if it gets my stuff moved, I'm, I'm willing to. Wait do a that. minute. New idea. Invite all the friends you don't like to help you move. And even if they steal your stuff, it's less stuff you have to move. So right, it's pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. Who, who wrote Seven to Eternity? That was the other one I was going to bring. Was that? Uh, oh, yeah. Remender. Remender. Yeah. That is Remender. So that, Remender. that would be my other favorite. Remender, Jerome Pena, and. Dean White colors that? Was that right? I don't think that's, so. That's, I think that's right. You remember all that stuff. That sounds right. I, I might be wrong, but uh, that's a book that uh, I, I love science fiction that is not derivative. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, he might be pulling from something, but it's something that I'm not super familiar with. Like it's it's very well done. I remember him him in this interview right before the first issue came out talking about how he and Opeña had been talking about this book since their. Uh, Oh man, what is that book called? Uh, Fear Agent Days. Since they were working oh, yeah. with Fear Agent, like they've just been building this universe for 
nearly two decades and finally decided to start a book in it. They could, they've said they could tell other stories that have nothing to do with this in this Holy universe. That's how much they've got it worked out. That's insane. The um, only thing it reminded me of was that the 80s, I guess, Ralph Bakshi, the Wizards movie. Did you remember? Did you ever see yeah, this thing? Yeah. It was just yeah. so, because it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? The uh, Black uh, Cauldron? Yes. I think it's Black Cauldron. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Bizarre stuff, so. That's the only thing that's come close to reminding me of it. I was like, oh, I know what this is. No, I don't. No, I have no idea what this is. This is it's its own uh, thing. Remembers Black Science is great. Oh, yeah. 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 Star book. Yeah. And Matera is just, oh, holy moly, that guy's good. Yeah. <laughs> Remender's another one of them. If he writes, like, Reminder, Magdalene Visaggio, Scott Snyder, Tom King, uh, <laughs> Donnie Cates, Jeff Lemire, any Hickman, yeah. anything with their names on them. Uh, Jeremy Whitley, uh, Matthew Rosenberg, like this is this is why my list gets so big. I've got right. the list of like a dozen people who, if their names on the book, I buy it and they all write like eighty books. Yeah. And now you're listening to Neil Holman interview panelology. <laughs> I'm okay with How that. did you do that, Neil? That, that was well done, sir. You're a master art director. I understand. This is, this is the best. This is the best. It's, uh, people love to talk about themselves. <laughs> Uh, the other book what I'm excited about that was just announced is uh, I think David Walker and Sanford Green have another book coming out through yeah. Image, and I oh man I can't wait for that. Bitter Root is that mm-hmm. what it is? That's, that's what, what it is. is. That's what it is. Yeah. I'll just stand by. Alex will shove this stuff in my face at some point. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. Read this. This is up. This is up your alley. This is up your alley. This is not too talky talky. Read this one. So yeah. Uh, what are you guys watching on TV? Like, what's uh, what's the show? There's so many shows now. Like, this is a question I, I ask a lot. Like, uh, what are you what are you watching? I do not binge things, and I watched all of Everything Sucks in like two days. Okay, what the hell is that? I'm uh, Rishi Herway from oh. West Wing Weekly did the did the uh, compos- the music composition for it, which is the only reason it wound up on my radar. It's this like 1996 set uh, high school dramedy about this freshman who comes in and immediately falls for this girl who is in the closet, and it's about kind of them getting together and then becoming friends and navigating her coming out. It's, it reminds me of four kid walks at four kids walk into a okay. bank if they don't go rob a bank. Okay. I knew you were going to have to tie this back into something that I would go, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll watch that because you, you were totally losing me there. Yeah, and sorry. I watched Riverdale, sir. Oh, I and love I was Riverdale. Not, oh, okay. oh, yeah. But I can't. There are people at work that are love some Riverdale. I, I have not, I can't say I've watched a minute, so I'm not going, going to be a judge on it. But if you it's not do, good. if it's you fall into good. that hole, you'll never leave it. Yeah. Well, here is, uh, here I mean, I said the same thing about the Flash show, and then I fell into like a Flash hole for two or three seasons. So. <laughs> flash yeah. hole, I like that. That's a, I'm I'm going to steal that. Just term, like sir. Firestorm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, thing with the Flash show is like there are so many parts that are just like not good. But then there's just enough parts that are amazing. Yeah. That, well, I have to know what happens next. <laughs> I think I just give up and just follow that one on Twitter to know what happened now. Pretty at, much. At some point. So we yeah. went through Tick. The, the they released the second half of the yeah. season of the Tick like oh, yesterday. And yeah, I gotta catch. We burned through yeah. that. We burned through Godless on Netflix, yeah. which was really good. It's yeah, Godless is really well done, really well shot, too. really well shot, just incredibly well done. And ending is a little, huh? 
like we yeah. we finished Godless and we had to go back and watch the first episode again. And I was like, wait, wait, wait! They didn't set that theme up. That's that's an incorrect ending. And you can't yet end like that. They did, and they did like with the first <laughs> yeah. the opening shot of that that show. They set it up, and I was like, you bastards! Well done. I, the thing about that show, and it's, I, I might be stupid for saying this, but everybody looks like they're super uh, great at riding horses. Like they don't just look like an actor, right? Just barely getting through the scene. Like everybody's wrangling their horse and whipping it this way and that and doing all this like really complicated stuff that yeah uh, it's really impressive and now uh, horse people may be like no it's not they look like <laughs> as someone who grew up around horses no it's it's pretty accurate because pretty there are some people who are like a little uncomfortable on it but mm. oh you can notice that really I wouldn't. I yeah. would be uncomfortable. If you grew up riding horses, horse yeah. Of, no. Because people can recognize, correct me if I'm wrong, but you recognize the body language of the horse and that kind of informs yes. like, how confident they, they are. Yeah. Holy Moses. I would never have yeah, picked up on that. So, <laughs> I don't know. We started Altered Carbon. We haven't really pushed through the first, past the first episode of that. But uh, I do yeah. love the hotel, whatever. The AI hotel yeah. one. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Uh, uh, Mute was just released. Uh, Doc and Jones' new movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, we that. need to watch that. Yeah, everybody's very excited about that. That's on the. That's very on the list. excited. My Netflix you- <laughs> list is building up like Alex's shelves of comics. So yeah, they're the same. Um, uh, did you guys see World of Warcraft? No, no, no. I was never. <laughs> I've never World of Warcraft. I had to avoid that like the plague, or my life would have just disappeared I- into the internet. I have never played the game ever, um, but I watched it on a purely on a. Uh, oh, wait, I'm going to watch this and see some action scenes, and just sort of like think about this in terms of storyboards and sequence, uh, which is something I, I do quite a bit with the uh, big blockbustery action movies, and uh, it's not it's not that bad, and it is that bad. <laughs> <laughs> is it like some people got together and played WoW? <laughs> No, it's definitely not oh, that. No. Well, it's getting definitely a sequel, not. so it's getting a follow-up movie. So it can't. It, it wasn't too bad. Good parts in it where you're just like, this movie's pretty good. And then the very next scene, you're like, ooh, that was rough. And they definitely have like a sexy orc character. And it's just like, what are you doing? What is? <laughs> what are you stay here? <laughs> oh God, this is awkward. <laughs> um, I like, want the orcs to just kill all the human characters in it. I'm just, like, I don't care anything about the humans. Show me more of these orc people. I don't know what's going on with them. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. If they're more interesting, yeah. Please give them more screen time. What about the, the Cloverfield you. stuff? You ever have you seen the the paradox? The 10 Cloverfield Lane has been in my queue for since it came out. <laughs> and, uh, it's a solid like, flick. Pretty good. All right. Well, I will I'll put it on the list. And I never pulled the trigger there. And uh, then uh, Super Bowl happened. And then what's the new one? The, the, the paradox. Yeah. Everybody got all excited about that. And I, I was like, oh, well, maybe I should revisit Cloverfield Lane. And before that thought was even out of my head, uh, everybody started shitting all over Cloverfield Paradox. <laughs> we <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't need to see that. That's yeah. the paradox. <laughs> that's the paradox. The paradox was that I was like, I, I liked it a lot. Then I went online, yeah. I was like, well, obviously, I'm a complete fucking idiot. You've had a lot of that experience lately, haven't you, Mike? I like what yeah. I like, damn it. You do. <laughs> but I thought it was a really, it's a, that's a solid movie. It's a weird science in it, but, you know. 
It's like Chris O'Dowd being funny in it. So yeah, how do, Chris O'Dowd saying, so. I got saved by my own feckin' arm is the best part. <laughs> all right, all right. But you don't have to see 10 Cloverfield Lane in order to watch Paradox. So. Wait, by his own arm? What does that mean? Just watch it. Yo, just she's trying it. to... It's it's kind of like your dick scene in uh, Red Line. Yeah. His arm? Yeah. His arm into it? <laughs> <laughs> his arm is the monster? That's the monster that attacks me? <laughs> <laughs> That is a twist. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> oh, wow. That's why the monster's called the stranger. Got it. <laughs> um, okay. There's a movie called Mudbound uh, on Netflix that came out a few months ago, kind of quietly. It's actually it's really, really well done. It's well shot, and it's just more of a character drama than uh, anything. It's not sci-fi at all. Yeah. Uh, but it's really good if you guys haven't seen it. If you're in the mood for drama... <laughs> I do like some drama, but mm-hmm. man, now you've just now you're backlogging me on Netflix too. This, this, come on. All right. Yeah, my wife and I watched the first episode of Glitch last night. Oh, uh, I love that show. Yeah, Jen's eating that one <laughs> up. I just started it. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's, the hook alone is uh, uh, people cry out of graves and they don't remember like how they died <laughs> and yeah. figure out what's going on. Uh, it's really. Uh, it's captivating. It had a really like revenant feel. Not not yep. the movie, but the show. <laughs> it was like the Charlie Sheen movie with the car. Wasn't that the spirit car? Anyway, I'm showing my age. Okay. Oh, the Wraith? The, that's it, the yeah. Wraith. You're right. Yeah. I was going to say, if it was a car movie called yeah. The Revenant, that's actually a really good pun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We should probably... Oh, yeah. We should probably wrap it up, but... Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Yeah. Uh, Redline Trade is out in stores right now. The premiere of Archer, uh, season nine, uh, we think will be in April uh, sometime. I might be entirely wrong on that, but look for it around April cool. uh, this year. Uh, season nine is on Danger Island, so Archer and crew are... Uh, <laughs> going through hijinks. It's exactly what it, the title sounds like. It's the, I can't wait. I, I would elaborate on that, but you already get it. I hear that yeah. Pam is a gigantic person in this one. Yeah, she's a giant uh, mechanic, and uh, Krieger is a parrot. I <laughs> can <laughs> <laughs> parrot, and nobody questions it. <laughs> so, I saw a man uh, walking down the street in small town Georgia. Ackworth yesterday with a parrot on his shoulder and at one point he looks at me takes the parrot down on his arm extends his arm over the street and the parrot just takes a shit no. and he puts it right back <laughs> on his shoulder and walks on what the fuck? I thought you were setting up this elaborate joke nope. <laughs> and the parrot said this joke is only my life Mike oh sorry uh, really quick uh, there was, this is years and years ago but uh, my friend and I were walking around Piedmont Park and uh, it happened to be like Shakespeare in the park around the <laughs> pond, like yeah. that stage before the pond. And so, all right, let's go check this out. And uh, they weren't doing Shakespeare, but there was a falconer there showing off his birds. <laughs> and uh, so he like throws his falcon up into the air and it goes flying around. And then like 12 birds crash <laughs> from the tree. <laughs> and they chase the falcon away. <laughs> 
And he got really, he was distraught. And he had like this, this, like this stick with a string, and at the end of the string was like some beef jerky or something for Falcon. And he kept calling his name like, Falcon! Falcon! And he swung the jerky around his head. <laughs> it was so sad. The old widening gyre. This 80-year-old lady uh, who turns to her friend and goes, this is awkward. <laughs> but she said it like a parrot, so it was even weirder. We just like, shuffled away. We never even saw if the bird came back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> just sitting there like a kid but who just let go of his balloon. It's never uh, coming back. I think about it all the time. Of, like, that bird never come back? Broke it out. I think that would be like my heightened, most terrified ever. Oh, she's a nut. Yeah, she hates birds, so. It would have been good if the hawk came back with, like, 12 dead birds in its talons, though. <laughs> that would have been great. I don't need your jerky anymore, Steve. The 12 birds came back clutching the hawk in, in, the, the hawk in their talons. Oh, Aww. no. No, no, no. Went to, uh, the Renaissance Fair uh, this past year, and they went to the, the Birds of Prey show. Yeah. And were, I think they had a vulture. He said the vulture was there, and the vulture's like super smart, smarter than all the other birds. But it looks terrifying. Oh, yeah. You know, freaking vulture. You will, you'll never see Jen get more tense than when that bird comes out. on Because I made her go to that Mm-mm. the last time we went to the Renfest, and she was like, Why am I here? Why am I here? She hates birds. <laughs> And then the giant condor-looking thing comes out, and I thought she was just literally going to launch herself. I love to see birds from the comfort of my own home on my television. Thank you very much. (laughs) That was enjoyable for me, though. All right, well. This ends our podcast about birds. All right. Uh, thank you for coming yeah, on the really show with us, it. and we will we will definitely do this again sometime. Indeed. Yeah, please go. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure talking to you guys, and uh, uh, thanks for all the recommendations. Yes. <laughs> write these all down. <laughs> <laughs> and we need more red line. I need more red line in my yeah. life, so yes. make it happen somehow, sir, please. I will try my best. Try my best. Thanks again for supporting the book. I really, really appreciate it. No worries. It's easy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. I go, go dry my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> Gen two. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> right. See you guys. Bye. 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 And now we're back from checking in with Neil Holman. Wasn't that fun? That was fun. Utterly delightful. I'm go sorry for staring at your crotch while you spilled water. She's not sorry. I am too. Only that he caught me. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, go pick up Redline. It is a really, really good book. Um, If you're obsessed with Mars like I am, if you're obsessed with the concept of Martian aliens like I am, uh, you'll like it. You'll really like it. If you like uh, Big Dicks and You Cannot Lie, you'll probably like it. If you enjoy sort of mystery whodunit kind of stories in semi-military settings, Mm -hmm. you will dig it. Yeah. And go buy more so we can have more. That's how this works. Yeah, exactly. Do it. Do it. <laughs> you know you wanna. You know we want you to. It really isn't that what matters. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's what matters to me. Okay, let's put this one to bed. Indeed. Um, our theme song is not the spontaneous look reunion anymore. Oops. But we would that. like to thank the fish who saved the yes. planet for for our previous use of that theme song. It's been really great to us. Yes. We have really enjoyed it. So you know, so long and thanks for all the fish.
You are such a dork. So sad it had to come to this, but we started a Patreon. And, you and know, now we can't get in touch with them. Dems this, so. the rules. If, you, if anybody knows the fish who saved the planet and would like to get them in contact with us, we would not hate getting royalties for it or giving them royalties for it. Getting, finding out how to use it on our podcast because we do love it. But I wrote the new one. So, well, it, it's wrote, true. Made in GarageBand using loops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't hate the new one. I don't hate it either. It's really good. I like it. Uh, we would like to thank them. We would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. We're available on your podcatcher of choice. And if that's not a true statement, let us know and we'll make it one. Unless it's Spotify. We have less control over that. Yeah. Uh, we're trying. Uh, or you can listen to us at panelologypodcast.com or get redirected to panelologypodcast.com from geektaco.com. Indeed. Until next week, I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. Come on, baby. Do the naptime dog stuff. Nope, that made it weird. Oh, man.